Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. So glad that you're joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I hope you had a good weekend, and I really hope you did not miss last Friday's show with Sergey from Russia, all about the, the whole soccer thing that we're doing. It's amazing, and what they're doing in Russia with that. So I hope you got to hear that, and if you didn't, make sure you go to the website, and it is, uh, I'm sure it's downloaded at this point, so you can listen to it just straight from your computer. All right, so this week... We are going to talk about friends and friendship because, you know, it's all about relationship and we've done so much talking about men and women and romantic relationships and if you're ready to date or not and being alone and how you deal with being alone, how you deal with a new person in your life, how you break up. We talk all about relationships and so today I really want to focus on friendships And they are so very important, far more important than your romantic relationships. So what constitutes a good friend? I I mean, I'm sure you want friends, good friends, right? Well, we want to work on being, being a good friend first. Before we go to look for all of those friendships that we're wanting, we want to make sure that we are a good friend to start with because that has a lot to do with the friends that we pick So ask yourself, are you a good friend? Well, a good friend understands, understands you, accepts you, and really wants to be the kind of friend you need, not the kind that maybe they want to be or what might be easiest. However, you know, and maybe in contrast, certainly a good friend is still authentic to themselves and still able to be what you need at the same time. Maybe not always what you want, but what you need. So, you know, I love words and I, I love to learn new words and I love to research words. And so I looked up the word friend and I did learn a couple of things, which was kind of fun. Now, if you look at it as a noun, it's just the definition of a friend is someone who's, who's on your side. And that, I mean, that's pretty simple. A friend is defined as a person that maybe you're fond of, that with whom you talk or spend a lot of time with. Someone maybe you've known for quite some time, you trust them. If you use it as a verb, it's to friend someone is defined as adding someone to a circle of communication, especially in our day with social media. So when you think about the word friend, it's, it's really a person who knows you well and is fond of you. An intimate associate, a close acquaintance, a person on the same side, you're on in a struggle even if they don't necessarily agree with why you got in the struggle to begin with. It's one who's not an enemy, not a foe, not an ally, not a competitor. It's a supporter, someone that's a sympathizer. It's something thought of as like a friend is being helpful and reliable. And 
it's it's this really fascinating thing when if you look up any of this in, in the dictionary, one of the things they always talk about, if you look up any thing that writes about friends, guess who's always noticed? Dogs. Yeah, dogs. A dog is really considered a man's best friend. So why? Why would a dog be a man's best friend? Well, think of what dogs offer. Because they are certainly amazingly accepting, highly supportive, very interested in you. They really don't make it be about them ever. They're very understanding. And they're there whenever you want them to be there. And if you don't want them around, they're okay with that too. And they always miss you. So I think it's fascinating when we look at this. And there is, there is history about this word, friend. And the relationship between Latin, it's amicus or amo, which is I love. And it's clear that in the relationship between Greek, right, we have this phileo. And we know that we ha see that in the Bible, we read about that, that phileo love is a type of love where we have eros love, which is a sexual romantic feeling, and we have an agape love, which means that we are helpful to all humans. And we want all humans to be safe and okay and get what they need. Even if we don't know them, we might help them. That's agape love. But today we're talking about this phileia, which is a friend. And if you go back, you see this is a verb also that we easily connect with friend, and it's freond, or freond, that's the old English source of, of the modern English word friend. It's also where we get the name Frederick, which I think is pretty, pretty amazing. And so that, that old English verb of freon is to love, to set free. And, and the Germanic root of that is meant to like and love and be friendly too. It's also close to the word peace. So I think it's pretty amazing how powerful just this idea of friendship is. So think about the other thing that's interesting is the root is also in the Germanic deity Frigg, that's the goddess of love, who lives on today in the word Friday. That's where we get Friday, the day of Frigg. I thought it was fascinating. So think about this idea of friendship, and let's learn about friendship. And we're going to learn about friendship from the best of all friends, and that would be God. He is a friend. He's a friend to this world. Even when people reject him, he's still a friend to what he created. So when we look at this idea of phileo love, that is the Greek word that I said before is phileo, and it's part of the word of philosophy as well, which is the love of wisdom. Or philanthropy, which is the love of fellow man. That's where we get these words. And so this word speaks more about warm affection than it's shared between, we would hope, family and friends. And so uh, the nicest thing about phileo love is that you can be a friend to a man or a woman. We have a dog would be our friend, or if you have a cat, cats can be friends. Fish, it's tough to have fish be your friends. Can't really pet a fish or sit with a fish so much. But you want to think about it's an affection. That's what friendship is about. So it's this warm affection. 
And it's different than the eros love, which is what we said was sexual and romantic in nature. So it's, phileo is more associated with emotions, the emotions of the heart, metaphorically speaking. And we feel love for our friends and our family, obviously not in an eros sense, but a love that motivates us to want to treat them kindly and help them succeed. So a filet of love is not felt between people you're at enmity with. So we feel that filet of love towards our family and friends, but not toward people we dislike. However, being Christians, we still can have agape love for people we don't like, but we might not want to be their friend or have them be our friend. So let's look at some reference verses that really focus on agape and a lot on phileo love. So we have the famous verse, John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world. He loves the world. He has affection for the world. So he has agape love, which means he doesn't know people, and some people don't know him, but he still loves them. Still wants them to be okay but he isn't friends with them. But he sent his son so that we could actually be a friend of God. And so it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not not perish but have eternal life and spend it with him for the rest of eternity. He wants to be with us all the time and forever. I think that's quite an amazing thing to be able to say is that God wants to be with me forever. I don't even want to be with me forever sometimes, right? (laughs) But it's so powerful to think that God wants to be my friend. And he's willing to accept rejection, which is amazing. So let's look at the um, 1 John 3.16. Let's look at it in the New International Version. And it says, this is how we know what love is. But Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Now, this is speaking more about agape love. But think about your best friends. Do you lay your life down for them? Because sometimes we're more willing to lay our life down for a stranger than we are for someone that we claim to be a friend. So Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39, this is verse 36. It says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So many times when I read this, when I hear, you know, God sent his son so he could spend eternity with me and... I read, love your neighbors yourself. I think to myself, you know, I want to love God. I want to say I love God. I want to act like I love God. And I want God to be my friend. But do I love him the way he loves me? Do I love my friends the way I love myself? And there have been many times in my life, I'll be very honest with you, that the way I would, quote, unquote, love myself, you would not want to be loved that way. Because I many times have not been loving toward myself or had any affection for myself even liked myself so we see that the way that God has created the universe these are commandments he says this is the first commandment love the Lord your God with all your heart 
all your soul, all your mind. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So one of the ways that we can become very good friends is that we befriend ourselves. And, you know, we talked a lot the last two weeks about the me, myself, and I, that triune that we have inside of ourselves. Am I a good friend to me? Because the better I'm a friend to me, the more natural it will be for me to be a good friend to you. Because the less we like ourselves, the harder we are on ourselves, the more punishing we are on ourselves, the more injurious we are to ourselves, we will go into a friendship with all kinds of preconceived notions, probably suspicions, doubt. We'll probably have put people in a position to constantly prove themselves to see if we really can trust them because we can't trust ourselves. And if we don't like ourselves, how can we actually have affection for someone else? Because a lot of what happens is we're going to be in that relationship for ourselves and not for them. And that doesn't make for a very good friend. If the only reason I'm friends with you is to get something from you and get something from you that I should be giving to myself, I'm probably not going to be a very good friend for you. So let's look at this one. Romans 5 Verse 8, and it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about this. Is that how you love your friends? Is that how you love yourself? That you would lay your life down for them even when they're messing up, even if they hurt your feelings. How forgiving are you? One of the hardest things about intimacy is this issue of forgiveness. And I tell clients, even this is going to probably sound kind of strange, but I say to them, you know, maybe you need to forgive God. That does not mean that God ever did anything wrong. It means that in order for us to get that intimacy back, we might need to forgive him for what we wanted him to do that he didn't do. Or he didn't answer us in a way we wanted. Or we're not hearing from him. Or something terrible happened to us and we feel like God could have stopped it and, and we make the assumption that he just didn't stop it. Well, sometimes we have to forgive, even God, so that we can get our heart right with him. So I know that sounds a little unconventional, but it's very helpful because you have a relationship with him. How many times have you had to forgive a friend because they let you down? Right? And how many times have you forgiven a friend because they just simply didn't do what you wanted? And it wasn't because they did anything wrong, but you wanted to get the relationship back to a good standing. So you had to forgive them. How good are you at forgiving yourself? And I'll tell you the truth, the more forgiving you are of yourself, the easier it is to forgive others. Because that's that wonderful thing to whom, whom much is forgiven, right? We really want to be forgiving people. So I want to ask you, what comes between you and God when it comes to being a friend of God? The better my friendship is with God, the better a friend I am. The better human I am all the way around. So what gets in the way of your relationship with God? Because many times those same things that get in the way of our relationship and our friendship with God might get in the way of our friendship with others. So think of this, it might be things like, um, am I unwilling to put time and effort into it? 
into the relationship, but I want them to be present for me. But I'm not willing to put the amount of time and energy that goes into having a friendship because people take time. People need time. And that's what's so amazing about a friendship with God. He's available all the time. Now, we know that's not possible for us as humans. But how available are? How available are you to your friends, to yourself? How much time are you willing to put into that friendship? How appropriate are your expectations of these humans that you want to befriend or the humans that you do have as friends? Do you have appropriate expectations? Are you a forgiving person? So think about these things because the things that will get in the way of you being friends with God will also get in the way of you being friends with others. The way you treat yourself will eventually reveal itself in your relationships. So think about those things that get in the way. And we're going to talk a lot more about ways that you can be friends with God. And I'm going, to, I'm going to give you five ways to be a friend to God and have God be your best friend. Because best friends, those are the best. The ones that we've known for so long, the ones that have been through things with us, that know us well and still love us a lot, that forgive us, that get over things, that help us, that support us, that cheer us on, you know, brush away our tears, are willing to laugh with us about things, spend time with us. So we're going to look at how to be a best friend to God. And most of us do have a best friend, and they're the people that we go to when things aren't going well. They're the first people we call when we have exciting news to share. So think about that two-way street. Because when we look at relationships, and I've said we have one-up relationships, we have one-down relationships, and then we have peer relationships. And so the one-up really should be God. He should be a one-up relationship that we're subordinate to, that we are, we are beneath, we are below, we are dependent on. So he does have this one-up relationship with us, but he also has a peer relationship with us. He comes alongside. So think of your relationships. You have a boss. That's a one-up relationship. Our children see us as a one-up relationship. And one of the things we all hope for with our kids, most of us at least, is that at some point we have a peer relationship with our children, even though they're always going to feel in many ways that we're a one-up. But we want to be friends with our children. And then we have one-down relationships, and those really are the ones that we're taking care of and that we have authority over. And maybe it's not even appropriate to have a quote-unquote peer relationship with them. So this is why it's so powerful when you think that God wants to be your best friend and he also wants you to be his best friend. So there's a couple of different things that are really important in a best friend. He or she listens. They're honest. They encourage you. They enjoy spending time with you. And they love you even when mistakes are made. 
So see, God wants to be your best friend. No matter what qualities you look for in a friend, God is overflowing with all those qualities that make best friends the best. So think of a couple of these things. God listens. And we have Psalms chapter 5, verse 3. And it says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. He listens. God is honest. And we have this in Titus chapter 1, verse 2. It says, A faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Who does not lie. And so many times I have really reconciled myself with maybe God's not telling me something because he doesn't want to lie to me and maybe I'm not ready to hear what he needs to tell me and so he says nothing I mean that's a good friend because he won't lie to me even if I want him to he won't lie to me that's one of the biggest qualities in friendships is the honesty piece you being honest with your friend and your friend being honest with you. It's hard to have someone be your best friend if you can't be honest with them. So one of the most honest things that you can do is say, please don't ask me because I don't want to lie. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Or I don't know how to say it to you in the way that I want to yet. I need to wait. I can't give you my opinion at the moment. I can't answer you. I don't want to lie. That's one of the best things that you could do for friendship. And if we're mature adults, we can handle waiting. We can handle that. And these are really important qualities. So God listens, and God is honest, and he's also very encouraging. And we get this in the famous verse of Jeremiah, chapter 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. I mean, those are powerful statements. He says, I plan to prosper you. I don't want to harm you. I'm your friend. I want to give you hope. I want to give you the future that I planned for you. Even if you're messing it up all along the way, I'm committed to the future that I planned for you. I mean, that, that's powerful. So God listens, he's honest, he's encouraging. He also, amazingly enough, enjoys spending time with us. And that we see in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. He wants to spend eternity with you. He created you, designed you, planned for you, and wants to be with you forever. I don't know how many people you want to be with forever. It's an amazing thing that the creator of the universe wants to be with us forever. And this, this one, how about this? God loves us even when we make mistakes. So we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. I love talking about God and I love talking about friendships and that God wants to be our friend and he wants us to friend him. So think about what comes in between you and God. Think about what comes in between you and yourself. What do you do with yourself? 
And make sure that you're understanding that sets the stage for your friendships. So I hope you have a great day. I'm glad you have friended me and this show. So God bless you today. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Jeremy, thank you as always. You're the best. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.